What is good, guys? Welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week, as well as give our reactions and predictions. I'm Hanso Chu, along with Kaden Mutamid, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. So, Sunday, we have a lot of football games on hand, especially with the Thursday night game today. First of all, who do you got against the Broncos and Colts? Um, Honestly, the Colts are a... They, they've been looking good throughout the season. They had that nice win against the Chiefs, but I don't see them without Jonathan Taylor being able to keep up with this Broncos team, so I will take the Broncos in this one. I do agree. Both teams are pretty injury-depleted right now, but I feel like the Broncos have a little bit more offensive weapons, and their defense is looking way more better than the Colts, so I do have the Broncos taking this one at home. Then we move on to the Sunday slate of games. We have the Dolphins against the Jets. Who do you have winning this one? I'm going to take an upset right here. Um, The Jets... Honestly, have been looking good in my opinion. Zach Wilson is, mm, yeah, like, it's an interesting take, but I think he will be that guy for them. And with Tua Tagovailoa most likely not being able to play in this game as well, it's going to be the backup Teddy Bridgewater. I think the QB competition, I think Zach Wilson wipes Teddy Bridgewater. So I will take the Jets in this one. Interesting, but I still think the Dolphins are going to win this one. Jets, they have been looking pretty promising, but Sauce Gardner is the only great secondary back there for the Jets. Tyreek Hill, too fast for anyone to lock down, especially with Jalen Waddle. So even though Teddy Bridgewater started, he looked great against the Bengals last week. I have the Dolphins winning this one. We have the Steelers against the Bills. Who do you have winning this one? Bills. Bills, easy. <laughs> Bills, yeah. I mean, I got no uh, I got no complaints there. We'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. A very uh, battle of the mids. We got the Texans against the Jaguars. Who do you have winning this one? Uh, Trevor Lawrence has looked good so far just to start the season. Uh, his team, however, may not be on his level. But uh, if Derek Stingley's going to be healthy for the Texans, I could see him struggling potentially. A miss. Uh, it's just, I admit, I'm stuck on this one. Both are, I, I see them on the similar level of tiers. Mm-hmm. But I will have to lean to the Jaguars because I do think they have the better overall team. But they are very similar teams. Don't get me wrong. If the Houston Texans upset, it will not be a surprise to me. I'm leaning toward the Jaguars as well. I think the offense is looking much better than the Texans. Trevor Lawrence and their offensive weapons, especially the dual running back with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Still a little better than the Texans. And defensively, I think the Jaguars are a little bit more sound. But yeah, I could go both ways. I could see that too. Then we have the Chargers against the Browns. Who do you have winning this one? Hmm. Well, we know the injury woes that the Chargers are going through right now. Um, Justin Herbert also may not be 100% healthy. This Chargers team had high expectations going into the year, and I'm not even going to say they're disappointing because they are getting a lot of injuries, and I think that's heavily affecting them. I will have an interesting take in this game, though. I think that Jacoby Brissett will have a very, very nice game, and... The Cleveland Browns will take this over the Chargers. Interesting. I have the Chargers winning this one. I think Keaton Allen is coming back for this game. Herbert, even though he looks a little banged up, I think he looked pretty good against the Texans last week. So because of that, I have leaning toward the Chargers. And then we have a really great AFC matchup with the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you have winning this one? Well, the Ravens, we know the story of how (laughs) they've blown a couple leads in the past few weeks, but... I still see them as being one of the better teams in the AFC. Definitely better than their division rival in the Bengals. So I will take the Ravens in this once again. Please don't disappoint me, Lamar. Again, I do have the Ravens winning this one as well. 
the Bengals have looked like they're picking it up, but I mean, the Ravens look like they can compete with any team. It's just a matter if they can hold on to the lead. But besides of them holding on to the lead, they've been competing on all levels, on all tiers. So I do have the Ravens winning this one. And then we have a great Monday night matchup between the AFC West Raiders and the Chiefs. Who do you have winning this one? I also have an interesting take for this game. Over the past few years, I've seen the Raiders actually upset the Chiefs a few times. I don't know if that's just because of like Derek Carr by chance having a very good game when they're playing Patrick Mahomes or just, I don't know, maybe they're just a dominant team in that division over them. But I know that the Chiefs have a very, very talented roster and they're on a tear right now. But I think this is going to be where the Raiders start to break out and I see them winning this game. Very interesting. Very interesting. The Chiefs are at home. They've been looking so dominant on both sides of the field. I got the Chiefs winning this one, no doubt, no question. And we'll move on to the Lions and the Patriots. Who do you have winning this one? Two of the more bad teams in the NFL currently. Honestly, I would have said the Lions had Amonra and DeAndre Swift been healthy, but the injuries for them are costing them. Although Jamison Williams... I doubt he's coming back this week, but he's coming back soon. So this Lions team can get very interesting really quickly. But for this game, I'm going to take the Patriots. I do think the Lions have a lot of offensive potential, but their defense has been looking so lackluster. They're not able to get any stops. And the Patriots are at home. I think the Patriots are going to take this one as well. Then we have the Titans and the Washington Commanders. Who do you have winning this one? I have another interesting take here. Um, No way. So the Titans have had their fair share of ups and downs this year to start. the, But overall, I don't see them as a contending team. And I really don't see that in the Commanders either. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think with the Commanders actually pulling it out. I think that Carson Wentz is going to be able to just torch this. I know, I, I know. I know what I'm about to say. It's going to be crazy. This is crazy. I think he's going to be able to torch the defense and use his passing and running abilities to open up the field and make it better. So, yeah, I will take the Commanders in this game. That's crazy. Derrick <laughs> Henry will not be stopped against Commanders. Derrick Henry will run through them. Titans will going to win this one easily. Hmm. Now we got a great Giants and Packers game at London. Who do you have winning this one? Huh. Um, I honestly am high on the Giants. Really? And I don't, I don't think that many people are, but the Giants are a very intriguing team to me this year. Unfortunately, I can't say that they're going to beat the Packers, but... They will make this game interesting, to say the least. I think the Giants are frauds. I'm sorry. They, <laughs> I love Saquon, but their offense just looks... Their passing game just does not look right. If it's not for Saquon just having a Superman hero-type effort every single play, the Giants could be literally 0-4. So I have the Packers win this one pretty easily. They got a struggling uh, Chicago Bears against the Minnesota Vikings. We have winning this one. As you said, struggling Chicago Bears, I think they'll continue to struggle. The Minnesota Vikings have been honestly looking good as of the last few weeks. And um, I think that Dalvin Cook is going to torch this defense. I think you're going to see him have the breakout game that he needed. He's been in a little bit of a slump to start the year. He hasn't been that same guy who we've seen. But I think he will be this game. I agree. Uh, The Vikings should easily win this one. Hopefully, Dalvin Cook does get things going because if he does start to get things going, this Vikings team could go on another level on offense because Justin Jefferson's been looking great, Dylan as well. So we'll see where that goes for Dalvin Cook. We have the Saints against the Seahawks. This could be a very interesting game. Who do you take in this one? Huh. Well, I like Geno Smith in this matchup. Honestly, Geno Smith versus Jameis Winston. I think that Geno Smith has looked better to start off the year. I think that they've struggled less. 
they have more offensive weapons in my book, although Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, the Saints definitely have their fair share. But if DK is going to be healthy and Tyler Lockett is going to be healthy as well, I honestly, I, it comes down to de- more than that because the defense is compared. And I think the Saints defense over is just on a different level than the Seahawks yeah. defense. But I think the offensive push that the Seahawks will have will be enough to overcome the Saints in this game. Really? Yeah, so I do. The Seahawks winning this one. Yeah. Well, if you told me in week one the Seahawks or Saints, I would take the Saints easily, but... I think the Saints would just narrowly win this one. It's not going to be as big of a marginal win as people would think, but I do have the Saints squeaking this one out. Definitely going to be a close game either way, I feel like, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, and now we have the Falcons and Bucks. What do you have winning this one? Huh. Do not tell me the Falcons are winning. Huh. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> um... To be quite honest, I think this is going to be a close game. I don't think that the Falcons will win, but as we saw them play each other toward the beginning of the year, this was a close game. And I think that Mariota has a chance with his mobility to create some havoc for this defense. Although they are a very strong defense, I think that if they play their cards right and Kyle Pitts actually gets involved, they can make this game competitive. But I'm still going to take the Buccaneers. That's very interesting. I have the Bucks taking this one, but I don't think it's going to be as close as what you think. <laughs> I think it's just going to be a blowout win for Tom Brady. So we have the 49ers and Carolina Panthers. What do you have winning this one? Huh. For this game, I think it's a pretty easy say. The Carolina Panthers, they're not a really good offensive team nor defensive team anymore. At the, at the current moment, they have an average defensive team, in my opinion. And... I think that's completely different for the 49ers. I think their defense is probably top three in the NFL. So I think that they'll just dominate on the defensive end, and that'll lead to a domination on the offensive end. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think, again, to a blowout fashion win for the 49ers. And we have a great matchup right here, the Cowboys and the Rams. Who do you got for this one? I think this is going to be a close game. I do. I think Cooper Rush has been on a tear recently, and he's going to oh, continue yeah. into this. And the Rams have actually been struggling a lot. So I will not be surprised if we have a very close game on our hands. And I'm going to make it interesting, honestly. I think that the Cowboys have the ability to take this game, and I will say that they will because wow. because of the fact that I think their defense matches up very well with the style of play that Matthew Stafford has, whether it's the pass rush, the diverse pa- pass rush with Gregory and Micah Parsons, or the coverage with Trayvon Diggs. I think they match up really, really well. Not too opposed for your take. Micah Parsons has been looking really good. Trevon Dukes looks like he's been stepping up his coverage game as well. But I feel like this is a good bounce back game for the Rams just because they just have too much firepower on offense. I know they look like they've been struggling. They haven't looked that good. But again, it's also Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup is insane. No one can (laughs) guard him. And they're also at home. So I feel like this is a good bounce back game for them to take this one back and get back to the win column. And our final game on Sunday, we have a Philadelphia Eagles team who's been on a 4-0 stretch. They've been looking so good against the um, the Arizona Cardinals. What do you have winning this one? I don't see them stopping here. Really? I honestly, I'm a, I'm a Kyler Murray fan, but his only potential, like, he, they're not healthy, first off. Um, I think J.J. Watt got hurt. I'm not sure if, what his um, status will be for the game, but their defense is a little dry if that makes sense i think that the eagles defense is on a tear recently and they're on another level clicking on all cylinders and so they're just not going to be able to match up or the defense is going to overtake the offense and the offense will not be able to match up with this defense and we know how the offense for the philadelphia has been so far as well aj brown being able to go for a 100 yard game on any given night along with Devonte smith 
Um, Jalen Hurts also has the dual QB ability. And Miles Sanders actually had a really, really nice game last week. So I think this offense is starting to figure their stuff out. And they will take this game for sure. And prove to 5-0. Huh. I have an upset win. I feel like this is the game where the Philadelphia Eagles come down to earth a little bit. I have the Cardinals winning this one. I know, I know. But <laughs> Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, they've been looking so good together. But I'm not going to post your take. The Eagles have been looking really great right now. All right, let's move on to the NBA where it's going to come really, really soon in about two weeks. So why not just give a little predictions right now for the awards? And we'll start off, who's your rookie of the year for this upcoming NBA season? Um... I think this this rookie class was surprising, but when Chet went down, it really led me one of two ways. I think Paolo Benchero is going to be a fantastic player, but I honestly have Jabari Smith winning this award. I think he's going to have a stellar rookie season because he's a shooter, and he's just going to put up buckets. Hmm. And a defender. The 3 and D, that helps a lot. Interesting. I got Paolo Bancaro taking this one. Paolo's been looking so great. Chet went down. But I do think Palace can take this one. He just has all the tools going for him on this Magic team, who honestly looks like they're going to be taking again for Victor Wembanyama next year. So I do have Palace take this one. He has all the offensive tools needed. The keys for offense are all for him. He can do whatever he wants for this Magic's teams. Jabari Smith, yes, he also is on a struggling Rockets team, but I don't think he's going to get as much touches because they also have Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, all these other pieces around him. So... He's going to be a great player, don't get me wrong, but I think just based on the stats, based on the production that's going to be put out, I think that Bancaro is going to be the one that's going to top all for this rookie class. And who do you have winning the most improved player this year? I have um, another former rookie from a couple classes ago. <laughs> I mean, think about it, everyone's a former rookie. Never mind, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going. Um, my <coughs> most improved player is going to be Cade Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons. I think he's going to just be a different type of player this year. I think he's going to become more of a leader. And eventually, with him and Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bey, that core over there, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, they have a really, really nice foundation. And I don't think that they're going to figure it out this year. I think they're going to be a fringe playoff team, though. I think they can flirt with the playoff, uh, the play-in tournament a little bit and just make some noise in Detroit. And I think it's going to be led by his truly, Kate Cunningham. The most improved players usually given to a team near the top of the standings. So th- because of that, I do have Tyrese Maxey stepping it up for the 76ers. He's been looking so good in the in this preseason and also last year in the playoffs too where he just took over the scoring role. This past couple games in the preseason has been scoring over 20 plus every game, which is the reason why I do have Tyrese Maxey winning this most improved player of the year this year. Let's move on to the sixth man of the year. Who do you have winning this one? For the sixth man of the year, I, there's a lot of talent in this league. I don't think that Tyler Hero is going to come off the bench this year either. I think that the there while they do need depth for the Miami Heat, I think that he's not going to be that guy for them. He's going to be entered in the starting lineup. That being said, I think there's going to be a little more competition this year for the sixth man of the year award. But I do have Malcolm Brogdon of the Boston Celtics winning it. I think he's one of the better bench players in the league. If that stays, I'm not sure what's going to happen entering the season with Robert Williams not being healthy and them having a gap in the starting line. I'm not sure if it's going to be him or Derek White being entered in. But if it is Derek White and not him, I think that Malcolm Brogdon will definitely prove himself and win this award for sure. For me, I think all signs are pointing to Jordan Poole of the Golden State Warriors. Poole, he could be started into the starting lineup, but with that roster they had last year in the championship and just throughout the whole season, we had Clay, Curry, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. 
I don't just I don't see where Poole could fit in that starting lineup without having the most production that he can, which is a scoring guard. So with him coming off the bench, he just provides that extra offensive firepower for the Warriors, which you don't think I don't think the Warriors need any more firepower on the <laughs> offense. But Poole could come in gives you a twenty plus any single night. So with all sides going to Jordan Poole, I have him winning my sixth man of the year. And Jordan Poole got into a little controversy. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? I heard him and Draymond Green started throwing hands, huh. maybe because of a little ego check that he wanted to give him. But that was a very interesting... That was an interesting take. But, yeah. I mean, hopefully that doesn't get too much because I love Jordan Poole on the Warriors. It would really suck for him to leave in the offseason to get that max contract. But I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if he does leave because yeah. that money does look really yeah. enticing for him. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, let's move on to the coach of the year. Who do you have in winning this one? So the coach of the year usually goes to one of the more successful teams, whether it's just being that like high seed or just showing very, very much improvement throughout the year. Um, I actually, I don't know if this is a surprise take necessarily, but I think that Jason Kidd of the um, Dallas Mavericks will have a real shot to win it this year, led by Luka. I think that team has improved over the offseason with the addition of Christian Wood. And just being able to have more depth and shooting around Luka that's ultimately what you need. The loss of Jalen Brunson does sting a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but it's not really much you can do after that. But I think that this team will be surprising and be atop the conference, actually, this year. Really? Yes. A name that's been tossed around a lot in Coach of the Year discussions these past couple of years has been Tyron Liu. And I feel like this is the year where he does get everyone together and get the Clippers to a pretty high seed, and which is why he's going to be my Coach of the Year for this year, Tyron Liu. The Clippers, they've been battling injuries when Kawhi went down two years ago, Paul George. Last year, he looked great as a coach, just getting this Clippers team without their superstars. These role players like Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Zubach. He was just able to get all of them on the same page and work, work well together. And that led them to a playing spot. And with all the players coming back, the acquisitions they got in. I mean, Tyron lose to Bill Belichick of the NBA. Like, he's able to make adjustments in-game and like during the whole series as well so with him just having this chemistry together having everyone back and he's a great leader too he's able to check everyone's ego and get everyone on the same page this is the year where he's going to lead the Clippers to a really high seating and you know hopefully they could get really high uh, playoff success as well for sure and while I did say that Jason Kidd is my pick don't be surprised if Taylor Jenkins wins this award because that team is stellar we saw what they did both with and without John Morant. I think that team has potential to be the first in the conference for sure. And he looked very impressive as a rookie head coach a couple of years ago. And yeah, just I think he has a fair chance to win it as well. All right, let's move on to the Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you have been winning this one? Um, I did peek over to what you've got, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure we do have the same pick for this one. Um, he was a runner-up this upcoming year, and he showed why he should be in this conversation to begin with being able to really lock down one through five in my opinion and just a menace at the defensive defensive end will harass you and make you cough up the ball constantly i'm gonna go with the phoenix suns forward mikhail bridges i do agree mikhail bridges is my defensive player of the year this year uh, marcus Smart won it last year which i was pretty surprised actually as a guard to win the award i was like hey maybe it's going to lead to you know, for, forward for these couple seasons where maybe a wing or guard is able to win this award. Usually before, it's more like center, uh, power forward-oriented dominant centers that are able to win this award, like Giannis and Gobert. But I feel like Gobert won the award so many times already that Gobert's not going to win another yeah, one. Yeah, the voter fatigue is definitely kicked in. Yeah, Giannis, he won it too, but 
I mean, Giannis has just been spectacular on both sides of the ball. I don't think that he's going to have enough votes to become the defensive player of the year. Marcus Mar has been great, but I just don't think a player can just win the award twice. Which leads me to Macau Bridges. This guy has been tossed around in a lot of defensive player of the year conversations, and this guy's just been looking great. The Suns look like they have been struggling, but I feel like that's going to start underrating the Suns now because everyone's just slandering the Suns and not going to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like the Suns are a little underrated now. And Macau Bridges is going to have another stellar year where he's going to step up his game on the defensive side of the basketball as well. He's going to look like a little bit like a Kawhi Leonard on the defensive side of the ball when Kawhi was in his prime on mm, the Spurs. Good, good, good comparison. Yeah, he, he's tall, lengthy, just like Kawhi. He's everywhere. He's able to be on the right spots at the right time. He's just going to be a menace on the floor. So I have Macau Bridges winning the Defensive Player of the Year. And our final award, the coveted MVP award. What do you have winning this one? I have an interesting take for this one. Um, over the improved play of John Moran's career, I think that he's just gone up every season and he's yet to break through to his full potential. The man is, I believe, 22 mm-hmm. and already a superstar, in my opinion. I think that if he stays healthy this year throughout the majority of the year, I think that he's a real shot to win this award. And so he's my pick for the MVP as of right now. I think that he's going to go crazy averaging around 30 points and the almost double digit assists i think he's gonna have a very very nice year for the grizzlies wow that is yeah, a yeah. very very bold take i am not gonna lie john Morant, the mvp the mvp is given to a player in the top four seedings of uh, each conference which means that you're saying the memphis grizzlies has to be in the top four seat of oh, the west I, I think that's a given i think that's a given really yeah I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be top four in the West this year. It's just too many teams, the Warriors, the Clippers. Um, you could throw in the Lakers, the Jazz. The Nuggets are back and healthy. So they Jazz? Oh, no, sorry, not the Jazz. <laughs> my bad. The Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Lakers. No. You just have so many teams. Don't get me the wrong. The Pelicans. Yeah. So there's a lot of spaces to be filled in those top four seedings. And I love Ja. He's a great player. I just don't think he's going to take this Memphis team to where they were last year. Because last year, there's just so many injuries in the West, and they're all coming back healthy. So I don't think that's going to happen. But the MVP is usually given to a team that is in the top four seed and a name that's been thrown around a lot and just hasn't been able to break through. From the Philadelphia 76ers, name is Joel Embiid. And this is the year he's going to break through. Giannis has already won it back-to-back. He's not going to get it again unless the Bucks just somehow break all the records in the regular season and make the top seed. Then maybe there's a chance, but I highly doubt that. Um, Jokic is not going to win it again. Voter for Tiki, he has already won it twice in a row. There's no way he's going to win it three times again. Um, Luca has Luca's been like the preseason favorite, I believe, for everyone. But again, I just don't see the Dallas Mavericks getting that top four seed unless Luca just somehow averages a triple double and averages over forty. Which he can, which he can, I think. He can. It's <laughs> possible. He's a great player. He's honestly he could go down as a top ten player of all time. But I just don't think the Mavericks and Luca are going to get the top four seed. And, I mean, at this rate, with everyone had, with how they're playing with the MVP race, their stats are just almost identical at this point. Everyone's stats are almost, like, interchangeable. They almost have the same stats. It's just a lot about seeding for these teams, and I just don't think the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the top four seed. The 76ers, I think they're able to make the top four seed pretty easily. Hmm. And with that, Joel Embiid is going to have another stellar year. Over 27, 28 points, over 11 rebounds, have like, what, one, two blocks. 
he's yeah. going to be my MVP for this year. To be quite honest, I disagree on the part that I think the Sixers will be a top four seed, which really? is crazy. But you'll be able to tune into a future podcast where we <laughs> do the Eastern Conference one through eight and just the overall predictions for where we think teams are going to land. For sure. And let's just top it off for NBA. Who do you have your preseason early NBA champion? Huh. Well, hopefully y'all don't say bias, but as y'all, as we've mentioned before, I am a Celtic fan, but the moves that they've made throughout the entirety of the offseason, although Danilo Gallinari did get hurt, they've acquired Malcolm Brogdon, their bench step is looking better than ever, Sam Hauser's impressing in the preseason, Grant Williams is looking really good as well. I think they have really everything figured out besides backup center. Mm-hmm. But they did just sign Blake Griffin. I don't know if he's going to play some small ball five or what that situation is going to be. But this team is the real deal. And I think that the only question mark for me is the coaching. But I think Joe Mazzulla, he's been the coach, assistant, an assistant coach for three years through the process of Brad Stevens and Emil Odoka. So I think he's picked up on the leadership qualities that the both have. And what from what I've seen so far, I think the Celtics have the ability to win this championship this year. Interesting. Play the Drake song back-to-back because I have the Warriors winning back-to-back again this year. I know there's a lot of teams that are able to win it. This is one of the most exciting seasons up to date. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's oh, yeah. so many teams that was able to win it. But the Clippers, I don't like the Clippers. Maybe it's a little biased, but they just haven't been able to figure it out. Injuries is always somehow derailing the Clippers at one way or another. So I just don't think the Clippers are going to make it through. The Lakers, I'm a Lakers fan. Hopefully they're able to pull it through because I love the Lakers, but... <laughs> Unless they somehow figure it out and they show me in the regular season that they're able to piece it all together. I just don't see that happening right now. Memphis, I still think they're just a little too young. Almost there. Like, give it one, two years. Trust me, Memphis is going to make it. But I just don't think it right now. The Warriors, I mean, we just look at that roster. They still have the championship core. Wiggins, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney. And I'm not sure if you saw in the offseason, but my goodness, everyone's coming back for the Warriors. Wiseman's back. He's just looking. He's just looking like a Gobert that could shoot the three and the midi as well. Jordan Poole is your early six-man of the year candidate. And you also have everyone else coming back. I mean, they also signed da- Dante DiVincenzo from the Bucks. Like, this guy, he's like a Swiss Army Knight. He could do anything on the Warriors. I think their depth is better than last year. I'm going to be honest. The Warriors' depth this year could be way better than last year. And last year, they won the championship. So, mm-hmm. with all things to said, I'd have the Warriors winning back-to-back. I want to provide one reason really quickly why I disagree not with the fact that the Warriors will be back because I think they have a fair shot to be in the finals but with the fact that you're saying the roster is necessarily better obviously they have more talent and that's you, you really can't argue that Wiseman's coming back they acquired DiVincenzo and I I just think that this team is going to be good but do you remember what happened to the 2018-19 Celtics when they had way too much talent on their roster a lot of ego issues a lot of just to just drama, you know? Yeah. We see things brewing already with Poole wanting to just be that guy, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think that this Warriors team will struggle. The only way they will struggle this year is through chemistry issues. And I think that people with demanding play, I don't think Wiseman's going to get the time that he wants. I don't think really anyone's going to get the time that they want unless you're a starter. And so it's just going to be a very interesting year for them. But I think that they're going to struggle in the locker room for sure interesting interesting but i mean we'll see with the season coming up right around the corner and let's just end the podcast with the mlb the playoffs is literally in two days 
Let's start with the wild card. We have the race and the guardians. Who do you have moving on in the next round? Um, I think that the home court's going to be pivotal throughout the MLB playoffs for a lot of these teams. Um, however, I think that the Rays have a chance to win this. I honestly think that they're going to be able to pull this out just because I feel like the Guardians, I, I don't have much faith in them. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it's because they have shown inconsistencies in the past, but I, I, I see the Rays winning this one. I do think the Rays are going to pull this one through, even though the Guardians do have home field advantage. The Rays just have, I think they just have too much too much things going for them they have i think they have a better batting group better pitching than the guardians which is why they're going to be able to pull this through in two games now we move on to the blue jays and the seattle mariners where you have putting through this wildcard series if you were to say that the mariners drought would end this year i probably wouldn't believe you but they pulled it out this team is looking better for sure than they have been in years past and so i'm gonna ride the wave i'm honestly really? gonna Pray and hope that they can actually do some damage in the playoffs and that my prediction will be right because of it, but I think they will knock off the Blue Jays because they have an easily comparable record as well. They were the 4-5 oh, and five yeah. seed. I think that their differential is not as much as there is for like compared to other teams that are playing each other for, in the first round in the wild card. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Mariners. I love Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners. He's starting to become one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I just don't think that they're able to squeak it through. I love their story. I love what they've been through this whole season. But I think this is where it ends. The Blue Jays should win this one over the Mariners. And we move on to the NL. We have the Mets and the Padres. I think this is pretty easy. Who do you have winning this yeah. one? Um, so if it was healthy and teams didn't have players suspended for the whole year, <laughs> I think it would be maybe a little bit of a difference. But... Um, given the circumstances of right now, I think the Mets will take this, and I think it'll be relatively easy to say like four or five games. I don't think the Padres have what it takes to compete. Yeah, I have the Mets easily winning this one. I mean, the Mets offense, defense, they're just looking way much better than the Padres. And we move on. Last in the in the wild card, we have the Cardinals and the Phillies. Who do you have winning this one? Um, I'm gonna say the home court advantage takes a toll in this series, and I think that the Cardinals are gonna come victorious. Simple as that, really. <laughs> yep. I mean, our Pujols and his historic career is going to continue on into the next round. And then we have a very interesting matchup, the Yankees and the Rays. Who do you have winning this one? The Yankees. The Yankees. For sure. Interesting. I do have the Yankees winning this one, too. I mean, Aaron Judge, he's had a phenomenal year, a career Cr- year. A crazy year. A record year. So yeah. I think that they're going to be able to pull this through. But don't be surprised if the Rays do make a little bit of noise and maybe upset them because the Rays have been looking pretty good too. And I, for me, I have the Astros and Blue Jays. I have the Astros winning this one. The Astros just looking way, way, way much better. Yeah. I mean, they've been looking so good. I just don't think, I just don't see the Astros losing this one. But for you, you have the Astros and Mariners. What do you have winning that one? Um... To be quite honest, I think the Mariners, <laughs> while I'm for them, I think that the Astros are a really good team and that they're probably going to go late in the playoffs for sure. So I'm going to say the Astros, even though it kills me to say that I very, very, just I'm a hater. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. But I have to take them. I don't think they're going to lose. All right, let's move on to the NL. We have the Braves and the Cardinals. Who do you have winning this one? Um, The Braves are coming off of a World Series win. So I think that I will take them for now, but I think that this could honestly sway either way. These both these teams have sh- both showed promise, but I'm going to just take the Braves because they've been here before. They know what it takes, so I think that they're going to win. 
Uh, yep, I do have the Braves winning this one. Albert Pujols and historic career is going to come to an end. The Braves' offense just looks so good. The defense they have with the pitchy, the, like their closer, their starter pitchy, it's just been looking so good. I don't see the Braves losing this one. And this, I wish, could be a World Series, but <laughs> unfortunately it cannot be. But this is going to be such a fun series. The Mets and the Dodgers, who do you have winning this one? Two really, really good teams playing each other early on. As you said, this, like, realistically, these two teams both have the ability to get to the World Series. And so while I do want to pick the Dodgers, because not only are they my favorite, but I think that they just have the overall best roster built in the league. However, the Mets will definitely give them a run for their money. But I, I think it's just too much to say. I think the Dodgers will win. I do agree. This is going to go to a best of five. This is such a fun series to watch. I can already tell. I mean, both pitching groups are going to be so, so stacked. You have Julio Urias. I mean, you have Tyler Gonsolin, Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers and the Mets. You have Scherzer. You have DeGrom. And then you have Edwin Diaz. We all know his tactics at the end. I mean, this is going to be such a fun series, but I just think the Dodgers on offense is going to be... This is what's going to set them over the top over the Mets. And then we move on to the semifinal round. We have the Yankees and Astros. Who do you have winning this one? Well, we know that both of these teams have what it takes to get there. But out of the two, I honestly lean toward the Yankees. Really? I do. I think that their and their run toward the, the, like ending the season has boosted their confidence in a way that they think they have a real, real shot to win it all. And as I said earlier, I'm a I'm a Astros hater, so I'm gonna say they get knocked <laughs> out, and I say the Yankees are going to win. Huh, interesting. I do have the Astros winning this one in six games. The Yankees they did look struggling after the the All Star break, and the Astros. I mean, as much as I don't like them, you cannot deny their greatness. Oh, Justin Verlander has true. had a career year with being so up there in age. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's like almost LeBron esque with him having such a career year at the mound and this actual offense I think it's just more well-rounded than the Yankees the Yankees sometimes when I was watching them it was just Aaron Judge and the rest of them Aaron Judge <laughs> had to score a home run Aaron Judge had to hit the ball for them in order for them to put points up on the board the Astros you have so many offensive weapons you have Valdez you have um, Jose Altuve you have all these options I just don't think the Astros would lose to the Yankees for this one and then now we have a very, very great series here, Dodgers and Braves. Last year, the Braves overtook this one. Do you, have, yeah. do you see them repeating, or do you have the Dodgers taking them over? The thing that gets me in this series is I think the Dodgers are the better team, but I think that the Braves will win. I don't, I don't know how that makes sense, but it does to me. I think that the Dodgers will somehow score more, but lose this series, if that makes sense. I think that the, over the amount of games that they play, the Dodgers will put up more points. But the amount of victories, I think the closer ones, that those will go to the Braves. And so I do see the Braves coming out on top. But like I said, the Dodgers are a very, very good team. In fact, I think they're the better team. I think they're going to score more. But I think when it matters most, I think the Braves will take it. So you're just playing a Stephen A on this point, huh? You're just <laughs> playing a Stephen A. Smith. I'm not sure how that logic worked, but I had the Dodgers win this one in a very close seven-game series. This is going to go seven games. Yeah, There's no I, way I can agree not. with that, too. Both games, like, again, the Braves and the Mets. This Braves pitching group has been amazing as well. Max Fried, 
Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider has come along on the scene with all these strikeouts. Then you have the former Dodger on the Braves right now, Kenley Jansen, who's been one of the top closers in the league this season. So this is going to be interesting. We have the Dodgers, a great pitching group, great batting offense against a great Braves offense and a great Braves defense. Both of these are going to be toe-to-toe. I just think the Dodgers just have what it takes on offense to get it through. You got Freddie Freeman now from the Braves. So this is going to be interesting. You have both players from both teams coming over. There's going to be some heated battle. I know oh, yeah. this for sure. There's, there's definitely going to be some between. bad blood because oh, of the definitely. fact that they played each other last year. And there was there was just so much built up on both of those teams getting to the World Series. And the Braves ended up being victorious. But the, if they do see each other again, there will definitely be a lot of bad blood. This is going to be interesting. So we do both have the Dodgers coming through. And now we have, oh no, you have the Braves, yeah, yeah. my bad. So now we have your Yankees against your Braves. Who do you have yeah. to be that one? Um, if I was being a little silly, I'd say for the storyline, I want the Yankees to win. Mm-hmm. Or not want, I think they would win. But I think that the Braves have a real shot to go back to back. Like you were talking about, they've shown consistency over the last few years being in this position to begin with. And they're, the group that they have together looks like they're hitting on all cylinders. So... I think that I'm going to say the Braves will go back to back. Interesting. For me, it's going to be the Astros and Dodgers. It's going to go to seven games once again. Hopefully, there's no cheating scandal. Hopefully. <laughs> but this is going to be a very heated rivalry, Dodgers and Astros. We all know what happened last time. There's definitely going to be some bad blood between these two play- teams. But I feel like just the Dodgers... Their 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 batting group just I don't think anyone can stop them. They're pitching, they're closing. It's just phenomenal. They're just the best team in the league right now. They won 111 games for a reason. This is why after Dodgers winning this World Series, but I do think though, whoever wins the NL, whoever comes out of the NL, whether that be the Mets, the Dodgers, or the Braves, I feel like that's the team that's going to win the, in all. This I year. agree. I agree. Because both of the all three, the Mets, Braves, and Dodgers, they're all over 100 win teams. And both of them, I can say, I can honestly say all three of them are almost as equal as a team. Just from looking at batting point, pitching, their defense. I mean, all three of them do look like they're about the same equally as well. So whoever wins comes out of the NL, I feel like that's the team that's going to win the World Series. But that's all for today. Be sure to check out Top House Sports Podcast on Spotify for more episodes. I'm Hansel Chu and along with Katie Motambit, and we'll see you next time.